0: It's a brand new episode of The Ready Fox Show, and um, I'm really excited to talk to these creative young men here, these entrepreneurs, filmmakers, videographers, everything that they do. And uh, you bring the mic closer to you. That's way too far. Be comfortable. Right, there you go. 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 I am talking to Potential Films. How are you guys?
1: What's up?
2: What's up? we great, up? man. we just cold, What's you know?
0: <laughs> We're cold. You guys are cold? It's, it's a mild day
1: outside right now guys like miles i mean I it's guess. cold, so so. cold. outside. <laughs> that breeze, that breeze really done. got me right around the corner
2: yeah you know we we we, we go into the heat right real quick so yep.
0: Yeah, well we'll see so um i'm talking to sheldon shaw yes john woo richardson yes sir and sean harris and these guys are potential films incorporated do yes. i have to say the incorporated I ain't see <laughs> I
2: <ain't see> <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right you guys made that a uh, documentary this is for toronto and i wanted to talk to you guys about it just um, it's been a while now since it's been out a bit. It took you guys five years to make it. Just the process, the the you know the collaboration that you guys had to do in terms of mapping it out. Because I'm sure you're not always going to agree on things. And right. I just want to hear about the process of how you guys made it happen. Um, so let me take care of business real quick, and let's get into that. Um, you, can, you guys can catch me every Saturday. Inside of Vibe 105, it's called Hashtag with Myself, uh, Solitaire, Miss Misha Gay, and No Better Nina. We do Hashtag every Saturday, 10 a.m. on Vibe 105. And I will tell you guys more about some podcasts that I will be starting. But today we are talking to Potential Films Incorporated. Recorded live from Midtown Toronto, it's the Ready Fox Show. And now here's DJ Ready Fox. Yep. Okay, so. For posterity's sake, before we get into this podcast stuff, because it's been a sad weekend. Yeah, Yeah, man. This has been a sad weekend, man. Like, um... Kobe. Yesterday, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna, died in a helicopter crash. And it happened pretty early in the day. The Raptors were scheduled to play at 4 o'clock. They were in San Antonio. And the news started coming down, I would guess I started seeing it on my phone about, uh, I don't know, maybe three o'clock, something like that. What about, like, how did, I'm assuming, same for you guys with social media?
2: Yeah, man, I found found out through, like, a bunch of WhatsApp groups where I have, like, someone said, Kobe's dead. And I was like, Kobe who? Right. (laughs) You know, like, there's more than one Kobe, but that's how I found out.
1: Yeah, I was at work and I got a message on Instagram. The share the post and i was just in denial i was like this this can't be true right you
3: know right and i was driving and my son called me and gave me the news and just to hear that kind of news it just it just killed the vibe of the whole day you know what i mean and <laughs> right today yeah. and like it just
0: trust like man. i look forward to raptors games like i enjoy raptors games but Yesterday, it was like I didn't care if they won or lost the game, to be honest with you. like um, I'm watching the game. I'm yeah. still obviously hoping that the Raptors win, but I was like, it's just there was just n- no enjoying nah. no enjoying the game whatsoever. Like I actually left, I was watching it at my parents, and I left early because I was like, it didn't really matter to me mm-hmm. who won or lost the game. It was just like just there was such a somber feeling yeah, of the day or whatever. So, yeah, that's really sad news that, um, yeah, Kobe Bryant, man, age, how old was he? 41? 41, man. Yeah, man 41. 41,
2: man. No one expected that at all.
0: Yeah, nobody know. saw that coming. And, and, again, the irony of it, uh, for posterity's sake, once again, is the night before, LeBron had just passed Kobe yeah, on yeah. the all-time scoring list. So, it was like sort of a celebration of LeBron and Kobe at the same time, because Kobe being the gracious guy that he was, right. you know, celebrated LeBron on twitter i believe it was that was i guess the last tweet that we were going to get from kobe yeah. was him congratulating um lebron for um passing him on the all-time scoring list and all that mm-hmm. good stuff and yeah it's just it's uh same thing for me first time i saw it i was like i hope this is a prank like that's the first thing i said yeah. was, i think yeah. everybody felt
1: that way it was like you know is this fake news it or just,
0: or just didn't make sense yeah. right like it just didn't make sense like you're seeing this kobe bryant dead in a helicopter crash and you're like what yeah, you know yeah. what i mean so i Anyways, man, that's um there you go. That's for posterity's sake. Since uh, we're recording the day after it happened, there's no way I could just start yeah. talking about this without of course. acknowledging all that good stuff. So, yeah, thoughts and prayers going out to Vanessa, I believe his wife's name is, and his surviving other three daughters mm-hmm. with her as well. So, all right, let's get into it a bit, guys. We are talking to Potential Films Incorporated, Sheldon, John, Sean, John, Sean, <laughs> John, <laughs> yeah. John. I like that. Exactly. Um, and you guys are the creators of the documentary. This is for Toronto. Now, Potential Films Incorporated as a whole. You guys are a video production company. You were founded in 2012, um, specializing in web development, corporate content, television editing services, script writing services. You guys do a lot. Aerial videography, mm-hmm. marketing and branding as well. Like, What was the idea? Of how did uh, Potential Films kind of coalesce? Uh, you want the long story or you want the short story? <laughs> hey, this is nice. a podcast. We have no time limit. <laughs> I will, give me not the Coles notes, but not the Shakespeare <laughs> tone, okay. like somewhere in between, something so, like that. So what I'll say is,
2: uh, you know, um, I went to school for a film. And, uh, you know, after school, I couldn't find a job. Right. So okay. I was kind of leaning towards more entrepreneurship, but I didn't know where to get into it. So <clears throat> so happens that these two were already trying to film. Uh, things and they bought a few equipment and they're trying to to create content but they didn't know how to edit so um we had a conversation and it was like oh you know how to edit oh oh i didn't know that so then we edited a video which was my first music video because i do music what was the, the video
1: uh,
2: It was called friends and enemies and uh that was yeah, the first produ- produced
1: by boy wonder himself oh really yeah
2: yeah that was a long time ago <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah that was our first video and i edited the video and that's how potential films was born 20 2012, 2012 2011 yeah, 2012, around there yeah, yeah. Okay. right late 2011
0: okay and what were you guys doing to kind of um get out there in terms of letting people know about your services and all that good stuff
2: Uh it started off as word of mouth really and yeah. then um you know facebook was around at that time and instagram was just coming up um, right um so It it was more so uh, Facebook, maybe Twitter. Twitter was around. Twitter actually was the one we we were actually more active on, the most active on.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, before you guys, uh, what kind of inspired the idea for you guys wanting to do This Is for Toronto?
2: Oh, well, This Is for Toronto um, was really uh, something that I thought about uh, because I was watching this uh, documentary called The Art of Rap. Okay. By Ice-T. And uh, he had about 60 rappers in there, right? And I was just like, oh, he had 60 people that he interviewed. So I was like, maybe we could do that same thing, but like maybe switch it up. Maybe comedians and artists and stuff like that. So it all spawned from that. And we were already in the club filming and connecting with all these people in the industry. Uh, you know, everybody from artists to comedians to anybody in the entertainment industry so we already had that relationship in that industry so it wasn't hard for us to reach out to people right and and get them to interview
0: but wasn't it though because you guys interviewed damn near 70 people yeah for this and i just me learning now from having the podcast it's not easy (laughs) it's Mm. not easy to get people cancel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what was how was that for you guys cuz over the course of 5 years I'm guessing that happened a lot like how frustrating was that did you come up with a system to try to or were you just woo-sawing every day like what
1: <laughs> It was it was a hustle man you wake up one morning you think you have an interview and then by the end of the day someone cancels and you just got to keep it moving and move on to the next interview. Right. So, you know, say we had a list of like 100 people, some people got cut and it, that was just what happened because they didn't answer the call were people being like, um I guess, for lack of a better word, like disrespectful with uh, with your time? Um I can't, I, w- I can't speak on that. I mean, everybody has their own schedule if it, it just didn't work out. so okay. I'll
2: say this, you know, like the pitfalls of doing interviews, like one person that we actually were supposed to interview, I won't say the person's name, you don't have to. but we went to the person's house and we had a time scheduled up, and they didn't even show up.
0: Yeah. So you were waiting for
2: this person at their home? At their home, and they didn't show up. And they didn't even like cancel or anything.
0: They didn't give you a text or a Not heads even up the
2: next day, nothing.
0: To say, yeah, I apologize, <laughs> nothing? Nothing. Come nothing. on. Nothing. You yeah. guys. You don't have to say the name, but you can at least admit that must have pissed you off. Oh, yeah, we were oh, mad
2: because we, we, we scheduled the day for this interview, right? We, we canceled things. We made sure that we were all available. You know, we drove all the way there, yeah. uh, right,
0: and sometimes that happens that's you know? well, that shouldn't happen though. um I don't know that's 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 disrespectful. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. disrespectful, but yeah, um yeah, it is what it is. um so the document, again, it speaks to I guess one of the challenges of just making it is just getting schedules to align and all that good stuff, but yeah. another part of a big uh undertaking like this is funding. So, zero funding. Right. Yeah. Some one (laughs) quote that um, I got from you guys from an interview that you had it was that it was very difficult film to produce when you have a very small budget. So, Mm. um, I don't know how budgets work when it comes to an undertaking of something like this. Like, uh, you don't have to necessarily go into specific numbers, but you have an idea of terms of what you want to shoot, which you can probably ballpark how much it would cost. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, how did You guys do that and other filmmakers out there may be interested in hearing about this themselves if they're trying to do something like this too
2: well so the story of this is for toronto was very um i would say it was like uh, it wasn't something that was planned right so we had the idea but we didn't go about it as how much money do we have to do this it was more of so like let's just do it Right. right so like in hindsight we spent a lot of money doing it but we didn't really Track what we were spending at the time. We were just trying to get it done, right?
0: Was that maybe a good thing that you kind of just jumped feet first as opposed to? Yeah,
2: it is. Yeah. Because because if we would have if we would have sat down and think how much is going to cost, <laughs> nah, <laughs> <It would've happened. laughs> we're not doing this. Yeah. There's no way. But in hindsight, any projects we do in the in the future, we definitely have to have a budget. We definitely have to have an investor, or we have to have like a a company on board to sponsor some in some. Shape or fashion, because there's no way we're gonna do that again and put up all our own money. Never, it's ever, again. it's <laughs> ever, ever, never again.
1: It's a lot, man. <laughs> right, a lot of time and money spent.
0: Right, right,
2: yeah, but it was worth it. And just and just like the, the whole process of you just convincing someone to get an interview is another thing, because not everyone's just gonna say yes right away. I guess right. You have to convince them. You have to because you
0: guys got some heavy hitters and the yeah, and that
2: and that took time. Like right, you know like the pitch is what's really most important how
0: did how did you guys pitch it to
2: someone so it kind of changed over the years so um at first it was kind of just about you know we're going to do a documentary about um the screw face capital
0: is that the way you presented it that's
2: no, not because no, 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 remember yeah. it was called it was called something else you want to tell me what it was yeah called? it was called the eyes first the eyes of it, toronto. it was called the
1: eyes of toronto first okay. and so then, then we had to change the name yeah to this or toronto because you know the name
2: no the the name was taken yeah Okay. From from um, some news outlet, a big news outlet. I can't remember who it was. But it was probably like a big, like, some something around the lines of, like, Bell Media. Like, one of those big companies oh, okay. had, the, had the name. I think it was yeah. 640 News or something like that. Okay. Anyways, we, we changed the name. And then when we changed the name, the whole um, premise changed. Like, the synopsis changed. Because somebody told me, um, we were pitching it to them as, like, you know, we don't really support each other here. And we were trying to, like that type of vibe right and they were like that's kind of negative you know and then we kind of changed it from there at the end of the day that's what it is (laughs) okay so we went along the lines of like you know pride Mm -hmm. and supporting each other and this is the greatest city in north america
0: it still has that angle though of um the not supporting thing in it too and yeah yeah, yeah. when you guys came by to talk to me about it i think we spoke a lot about that for a good while in our conversation Yeah because it's true. Yeah. True. It's just it's not we know it. Well, yeah, but it, see it's it's not negative if it's well, it's still negative I guess, but it's a fact. It's a fact. Oh, it's yeah. a fact like it's so hard sometimes to get support for anything yeah, in is. this city, right? It and is. that is a recurring theme throughout the um the documentary. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like a uh, lot of artists like what do we always say too there's so much talent here so and they is. all leave.
1: Right, unfortunately. Right.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's still happening to this day. People are yeah. still leaving. This is done twenty thirteen through fourteen. So right. Like, it's still do. It's still the same thing in twenty twenty. Yeah. I was just gonna. Yeah. So yeah. there's some, some
1: people who were in the documentary who left as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: there are there, There's a few people in the documentary who left Canada.
1: Sophia Body.
2: There's a few people, man. I can't Right. Name there's, everybody. there's a lot. Like, there's a lot. A yeah. Lot. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: a lot. It's not, it's <laughs> not name calling. Well, you don't have to name. It's not name calling per se because if someone decides that for the betterment of their career that they have to leave Toronto and you say like I don't know Troy Crossfield even though I think he's still in Toronto but mm. it's not a negative thing to say that they decided to go to New York because I've also known over the years many people that have said yeah I'm getting out of here I'm going to LA
3: mm-hmm. I'm going
0: to New York even just Trix who's in the thing decided his career would be better served from Edmonton yep. <laughs> I yep. mean yeah. A yeah. Lot time, yeah, think about that yeah I did yeah he, he felt his career would not take off if he stayed in Toronto.
1: That's crazy. We always hear that Toronto just has a ceiling. Like, you know, you can only go so far here.
0: Do you still feel that way about it right now to this day? Absolutely. Yeah. The, so,
2: I mean, yes nah, and really. no.
3: Really. So, okay. Well, Sean, go yeah, ahead. Really. You can make stuff happen here now. because Hold it a little closer to you. Sorry. You can make stuff happen definitely more now because of the help of Drake opening the doors. Right. To certain things in Toronto. See, people but, in the states are looking at Toronto like, but Toronto's the big thing. But us down here know what it is. Like you, you you gotta leave. You know what I mean? If you just want more things to happen,
2: really, yeah. it also depends on what you're trying to do. Mm. Because That's if you're a
3: if you're an artist, you gotta leave. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> if you're
2: if you're trying to make hip hop music, right, or R and B music you have to eventually leave.
0: Okay. Well, I, w- like, I would have hoped now with the internet being what it is that it would level the playing field somewhat that you can get if the music is good, it I always believe it should rise above the the crap. Basically mm-hmm. like the yeah. good stuff should always rise to the top. So if your stuff is out there but you still need support in a lot of other ways, I guess other than
2: yeah, just yeah. putting
0: out the music, right? And I guess that's where it comes in. I don't know to um
2: it's just even even our media outlets are still not as strong as, as uh, other markets, and it never will be on that level. I'm talking about urban music. Right. Right? Right. Um, it still hasn't progressed, really. Like, we have maybe, like, one or two urban stations in the city, mm-hmm. and that's not enough. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. And that's, that's a big problem.
1: Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I you see mean,
0: that. Yeah. I feel that. Um, And just going back to the whole funding thing, so you guys were, you put a lot of money, your own money, mm-hmm. into... um financing to make the documentary did did what outside sources at all that helped in terms of uh, getting it done for you guys at all
2: no i mean there was a few companies who had interest but they never followed through and um,
0: you guys were looking for a distribution deal that you eventually had to get in the states you were
2: you yeah we got a distribution deal in the states we wanted one in canada first which made the most sense because it's you know it's about canada right <laughs> but that's not how it is so we right. had to do what we had to do um, right now, we're just trying to, like, I think a year ago, we just brought it back to Canada because we had a deal where we couldn't put it out in North America. It was on Urban Movie Channel, okay, um, which is owned by Bob Johnson, the founder of BT. Right. So we had that deal for two years, and then we brought it back to Canada. So now we're looking for a deal here. But also, we're trying to expand the brand outside of the documentary. So it's not just about the documentary.
0: Anymore. Okay. Okay, so, how else do you want to expand it? So we
2: want to expand it by partnering with the uh, City of Toronto and um, trying to reach some of their outreach ag- initiatives sure. in promoting the city. Right. So there's a few um, events and festivals that we're interested in that we may want to bring here that have been successful outside of Canada. Mm. So we're working with the city right now. We're in early talks with them uh, to develop those concepts.
0: Okay, all right, that's uh, cool. Um, I, what I do like about the documentary is that you guys covered so many different aspects of the entertainment industry in Toronto like uh, you go from like artists to DJs Mm -hmm. to talking about the club scene to talking about sports and comedians and all that stuff how did you guys work it out or decide to map it out in terms of the order that you kind of put it in and what aspects of the city did you choose to go with and omit like how did the process of that
1: Deciding the outcome to be. Sheldon's the editor, so he. Can actually speak <laughs> about that. that was a long process, though. That yeah, was it must a be. lot of hours spent, yeah. cutting, looking back on. Is this the one? Doing it again? Like, is this the one? We've watched the documentary at least a hundred thousand times. Oh like, my gosh. it's, it's ridiculous. Like,
0: so, are you getting a little shell shocked here, seeing it in the background now, or? Yeah. Uh,
3: it's not shell shock you know it's not shell shock but it feels good to come and see a film just on the tv oh, okay I mean? yeah appreciate
1: it <laughs> oh sure yeah, yeah shout out shout out to reddy fox for being a, a part of this major project of ours. oh you, know,
0: this, you guys asked me to just come and talk to me that's nothing to yeah. you know take whatever an hour out of just to sit down and talk about stuff that i love like right, we're right. talking about djing in the city and um yeah i just love talking about Toronto. Like I I still feel like I feel optimistic for the city. Like um Me too. I feel yeah. well, I just feel like things have gotten better. The same time when we had originally spoken I had said that um if it wasn't for Drake, I don't think a lot of our the artists would have be been doing as well as they are right now. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if we'd have a weekend or a Jesse Reyes kind of thing. And the way I describe it now for Drake is that he's like the Roger Bannister of toronto hip-hop meaning roger banister was the first guy to run the four minute mile right, right so right. before that everyone thought it was impossible to do and we also i think had that mentality in toronto where it's like you know we always had these super talented artists whether it was socrates or Chaclair or cardinal and but they never kind of broke through that stratosphere until drake now mm-hmm. and now you're starting to see it happen way more often yeah, right, yeah kind of thing exactly. so i think once drake did it he kind of um kind of broke that mentality of it can't be done because you've seen it being done and now you're seeing more people do it, like the four-minute mile kind of thing. Do you guys not yeah, see uh, that happening? I, th-
2: I think um, Drake's success is a combination of things. It's a combination of him leaving and a combination of the internet because that's when social media was really at its peak, like 2008, uh, 2009, 2010. Like That's when his career started to take off. So mm-hmm. I think the internet really helped that whole... Um, Toronto being just in Toronto, like it's now global now. Like you right. go, you go to a club in wherever it is, you're, you're going to hear Drake, you're going to hear Tory Lanez, you might hear Jesse Reyes, right? right? So I think the internet had a lot to do with that too. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. If you guys were going to do this uh, documentary all over again, starting today from scratch, what would you do differently? Wow. Get money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> get, <funder. laughs>
2: get money, of course. Also, funding, you know, sure. um, also I'd I'd, I'd want to once we get money. I'd want to hire some people that you know have been in the city for a number of years and know more about um, more know more about the culture than than me. You know what I'm saying? That's that's one thing we kind of struggle with. Like, we had some interview interviewees that like had some knowledge about the industry, and they weren't per se involved in the documentary. Uh-huh. So maybe we could have had those people involved more in the documentary to give us more of education about you know what has what has been going on in the entertainment industry right because that that was one of the things that People complain about it's like you didn't have this person, oh, you didn't have that person, oh, you didn't have me. Uh, <laughs> did, did that happen <laughs> a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Some people are like, You didn't have me, <laughs> oh, you didn't <laughs> have me in it. Oh, so, man, that
0: would never occur to me to so, think that people would come up to you guys and say that
3: kind yeah. of stuff. Oh, yeah. Some emotional ass, ass. yeah, <laughs>
0: okay. I'm
2: telling you, bro,
3: emotional ass. So,
0: what would they What would they say to you guys? Like,
2: there was one person, obviously, this name, you don't have to again, you don't have to say he's fun. like, I can't respect this documentary <laughs> because I'm not in it. Like, come on, man. You can't just watch it and give us some feedback. Like, right. Come on, man. Like, yeah, there's nothing to do with you not being in it. It's like there's so many people that have been involved in this industry. We can't have everybody. That's mm-hmm. why that's that's one of the things we, we recognize after doing it is that this needs to be a TV series. It can't right. just be a documentary. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's too much content. There's too many people who have opinions. There's too many people who have things to say. Right. So... Right. That's why we're trying to do this unreleased uh, footage because there's so much footage out there we haven't put out. The director's and, cut. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah. can put out more stuff. We can interview more people, and we could just make this a real brand, not just one documentary. You right. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. yeah. Wow,
1: people and their feelings, eh? Oh, yeah, so if you get that phone call, please answer so <laughs> we can uh, get you in the next one there. <laughs> <you know? laughs> man that's crazy i i would even think of that
0: well some of the people that were in there ian Espinay, mm-hmm. evan evadante i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right you can even call out some names here too if you want farley carlos Flex. promo
1: is in there yeah
0: carlos promo he was in there Kale phillips josh
2: star from scratch yeah Josh.
0: Yeah. wisdom he's the most hilarious person like he's just spitting like angry fire yep. for for, his, for the for the whole 45 <laughs> seconds accumulated that he's in the documentary for it's just pure
1: i can't believe
0: it the djs won't <laughs> so much more he was, i'm actually because of watching the documentary over and over yeah. getting ready to talk to you guys today i'm like i have to get uh, wisdom in here immediately yeah, like as soon as possible yeah. like i already set it up like he's coming in a couple of weeks because okay, uh, nice. yeah because he's just um yeah he was just so passionate about again not to harp on it but the lack of um, respect or the lack of support yeah. and the bandwagon jumping to that seemed to be a big thing for him where he was saying like people won't play stuff unless they think other people are going to like it and people won't like something if they don't think other people like it and yeah, yeah it's uh he was yeah, just spit and fire um i did like to in the documentary that you guys made an effort to showcase new talent yeah yeah yes why why was that so important to you guys
2: um because you know we, we talk about not supporting. We didn't want to be a part of that as well. <laughs> exactly. So we had to put some artists that we actually like. Makes sense, right. <laughs> right? Like we can't just have like people that are like doing big things. But well, what about the people that have the the potential to make it? You know what I mean? Like we we talked about like when the documentary was being made. We talked about like Drake being just the only one to make it, and you see that it's not the case anymore. We have Tory Lanes now. He's doing great things. And we want to continue to see that happen, right, you know what I mean right
0: so. yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's more re- support. yeah, that's pretty crazy, and um yeah there was a uh, Layla Day, um Lil Jax, who, who I found super fascinating because he's got a stutter, but he still spits and rhymes, and there's no stuttering, obviously yeah. when he's rhyming like yeah. how did How did you guys discover Lil Jax? um It's through I think um that an
2: artist how's
1: huh? that artist name again?
2: Is Captain Hooks Captain at, the Hux, yeah, at the time he changed game. his name again to Moon, Moon Monaco Light something like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: he was he was working with
2: that artist he was writing for him and doing hooks so um, I always see him posting him, his stuff and um, that's how we reached out to him but I don't think he's even rapping anymore
0: oh no really I think yeah. he just he got out the game Oh, well, I can't find him on social media at all well he can't just rap to talk to people like uh, <laughs> really uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know
3: you know what I'm saying
0: but I'm not gonna go there but still a little jacks. So I was like so I was just so surprised that the, he had such a pronounced stutter, like it was so strong. Yeah, but no, when he was rapping it was just like it was just flowing and it was just yeah, fine and uh, it's just like, wow, it's so crazy that it doesn't affect him for rapping that um that it does otherwise. So so it's been a while now since you guys have done this documentary and you've had time to kinda let it digest and kinda wash over you and you're not a, suppose as emotionally attached to it as you were even, say, four years ago or whatever. So now that you've had some time to get a little objective distance from it, how do you guys feel about it overall and as well as the reception of it? That's a
2: good question, man. Um, I feel like we accomplished what we said we were going to accomplish, which was getting distribution. Right. Because I feel like um, we said from the jump we never wanted to just put this on YouTube. It's okay if it ends up on YouTube in the end, but in the beginning we want to have like some type of distribution outside of where we live right so that's what we did so i think i'm, I'm pretty happy with the outcome what could be what, what what it was and where it's going right so i don't know what how these guys feel but yeah i'm
1: happy where where it uh, ended up uh, i mean we tried to get it into tiff that didn't work okay. but, um, you know it takes time for people to believe in the city right right that's facts It's so, facts on the ground
3: um, I'm happy at uh, where it is. Um, I, the only thing I would say is I thought that we would have got a lot more support than we did. <clears throat> me too. From, yep. from right. the people that, especially people people who were in the actual documentary. Rex. You know, um, <clears throat> it was kind of like, you know, they did it, but then they didn't want to promote it. Because I don't know what their reason is, to be honest, but it just didn't make any sense to me. Right
0: you know but so you guys were a bit surprised by that at the time i guess or very, it's
2: very like, you know people were excited to actually be interviewed and then when it comes out it's like you know we expected them to like at least put it out like just to promote it like right. once at least once right <laughs> yeah. once is fine like right. i'm not gonna ask you to do it every day but right you're in it you agreed to be in it you know i i assume you would promote it on some level mm-hmm. You know what I mean But that's not That's not the case But going forward We know what to expect now Right, right? Exactly. So we won't be Relying on people To do that next time
0: Okay well going forward um, I think I read somewhere That you guys are Your next film is about The Toronto basketball scene Is that not Toronto basketball season. Okay, so okay.
2: You, I know you read that in the article. Sure. Um, the guy who wrote the article... Didn't know what he was talking about. No. <laughs> he did not. He, he didn't write it up properly. <laughs> he didn't write it up properly. Okay. That's not what I said, first of all. Okay. But it is about basketball. Okay. And I don't want to go too much into it. But okay. it's a big project, and we have some partners on board right now. We're just trying to develop the content right now. Big okay. Big things. But once, big things. once we... Once we get close, which we are getting close, we're actually going to um, Miami in a couple of days for Super Bowl. Right. And we have some uh, business out there. So um, once we do that trip, then we'll start to develop this documentary series that we're working on.
0: Okay, wicked. So that, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that then. Please let me know. We'll talk about Absolutely. that after. Okay, you can, you can at least let me know. So um, I want to thank you guys so much for coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was... I thought it was a great thing that you guys did because we need more stuff like this in terms of celebrating yes. Toronto.
2: And we want to continue to do more. We right. want to continue to put our, our people out there and promote the city in any way we can. But we need the support.
3: <laughs> okay. Yes. Toronto, man. Come on, man. We need on, the support.
2: Man. We need y'all to, 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 to plug this, this brand and, you know, let's change Let's change the whole climate of the city, man.
0: All right. So you guys out there, if you want to um, at least follow Potential Films, you can follow them on Instagram. They have two uh, Instagram accounts. You can follow Potential Films Inc. or This Is For Toronto. Both yeah. the All one word. We got three. Oh, okay. You want <laughs> the, There's a third one that I saw that was Potential Films Inc. 3, right?
2: No, it's Potential Films 3. Potential Films 3. <laughs> okay. And then there's Potential Films Inc. And then there's Potential Films Sean. Okay,
1: and you know what? And then there's Potential Films Music, and then there's Chef Don. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> wanted to
3: get in that for a second. That, that's just another avenue for Potential Films. We're just adding music okay. to our catalog, you know?
0: I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, okay, so before we wrap up, I'm going to ask you guys, uh, what would you advice would you give to someone that's starting out now in filmmaking? It's not easy. I think it's one of those things, like anything else, if it's worthwhile to you to do it, you do it, but you may not appreciate how difficult it is until you actually try to do it you know what i mean like um um, what would you say to a a person that's considering going into filmmaking
2: i would say watch as much film content as possible Mm -hmm. right now we're in the age of television shows where they're so accessible to everybody so um i would say watch as much tv and movies as much as you can um depending on what role you want to play i would say um Go to nofilmschool.com. Mm-hmm. Nofilmschool.com. They have a bunch of blogs and articles about film. They have scripts you could read. They have different cameras they're suggesting you get. So, um, also, if you want to m- make a film, just go out and do it. Don't think about it too much. Just go out and do it, and you'll learn better from trial and error.
1: I agree. I agree. And just get out there and network. You know, sometimes you, you may find someone who's in your neighborhood doing the same thing and have the same passion and dreams, and connect with them and build. That is the a city really just needs to build together and things will work. As a filmmaker, how important is networking? Like, oh, it seems man. like it's every day.
2: Yeah.
0: We're on social media every single day. Do you like being on social media? Like, is it something that you like? It's you're part cool of with life. doing? It's it's like, I, for, yeah. I, but I, I'm saying, obviously, it's part of the job. Like, same thing for me, being a DJ. Like, there's no, you can't. No one will take you seriously as a DJ if you didn't have an Instagram account. Even though I would, yeah. if I didn't DJ, I'd have nothing to do with social media whatsoever. But mm. same thing now for filmmakers. This is not something that's ever occurred to me before to say how important your network is. But obviously, now that you say it but does it come naturally for you guys for networking or uh social media helps
2: a lot with that yeah. um there's a lot of different platforms for filmmakers that you can use um Instagram obviously one of them uh Facebook is always good um IMDb is all, all obviously the the you know the heaven of filmmakers you know what I'm saying like if you want to actually be in the film industry you should definitely be on IMDb and you should definitely network on there Um, Also, LinkedIn is great for that, too. Right.
0: You need to get on IMDb. Yes. I didn't see you on there. I saw you on there. I didn't see you on there. Sean, I didn't see you on there either. Mm. You guys need to get on there. Thanks for calling me out.
2: Very, very, (laughs) very important because, like, every every movie you watch, every TV show you watch, everybody has imdb right you know okay and it's not hard to to reach out to these people that are actually a part of bigger productions
0: okay anything else that you want to uh, people to know about what you guys have coming up or planning or if they want to get in touch with you guys for your services and whatnot
2: uh if you want to get in touch with our services uh check out our website potential films also all of our social media platforms instagram facebook twitter uh linkedin um Yeah, just stay tuned to what we're doing. We're working on a few um, major projects in the film industry. And uh, be patient and... uh, (laughs) Just watch.
0: You guys got to let me know what you guys are doing. Yes. Okay, yes. so let me uh, let everyone else know out there. I actually am starting to host. I already started. I'm co hosting a podcast now about movies, actually. It's oh. called the Honey Wagon Podcast. It's me, Andy, and Lou, and we review movies. And actually, we'll be putting out an episode soon where nice. we're reviewing 1917. Okay. Um, have you guys had a chance to yeah. see any of the Oscar films Oscar, so far? That's
3: Oscar film right there. Yeah. I seen 1917
0: nice. last night. Right. Oh, you just saw it last night? Oh, man, it's crazy, man. right? One, One
3: shot? Man. One shot through the yeah. whole I think well, it's two shots. I, it's, it's at still. least four. Still. It's at four? least four. So four. it's still insane. Really. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah before
0: yeah. we get out, let's just talk about this real quick because yeah, yeah, yeah. that was part of the thing that was intriguing to me for 1917 yeah. is the one-shot concept yeah. or whatever. I, I found it to be boring after a while in Birdman. They also tried I to do like that. Anything. But um, Sam Mendes is a great filmmaker too. So, But the first thing I was thinking when I was going to watch it was I'm going to look for where the cheats could be you know what i mean as filmmakers you guys know what i'm talking about in terms of where you know he can splice from one shot to the next yeah it'll still seem seamless if it's even the screen is black for even one second is all it takes for them to obviously move from one shot to the other so once i saw a couple of cheats i was like okay it's not really one shot there's no way you can really shoot a film like this in truly one take it just can't be done
2: did you see the behind the scenes of that film yes though oh my madness that's what made me want to watch it (laughs) i'm like there's no way these guys practice for eight months. Yeah. No filming. I mean, they're filming, but they're not using those shots. Right. They're just filming it for, like, research just purposes. Like
0: More so than research purposes, just for coordination. Yeah, because coordination, everyone right. needed to know where they needed to be, where the cameras were going to be, and yeah. whatnot, because they were really trying to do it in one take. Right. Which mm-hmm. makes sense. But, yeah, that's one of the things the actors had said is that I've never rehearsed so much for stuff mm-hmm. before the cameras actually rolled before for yeah. a film in his life kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if you guys are out there and you're filmmakers filmmaker or film lovers definitely check out 1917 please also go check out Parasite it's so good
2: I,
3: heard, I, heard those Hold on, I got a question for you sure yes I know you're gonna ask <laughs> I know you're gonna ask how did you like Bad Boys 3
0: I haven't seen Bad Boys 3 oh. yet yeah, no, it's on my to-do list, but I had to go see 1917 because of the uh, show I'm going to record. But because it's been getting such good reviews, I'm going to go see it. You, you it. should see it. I'm going to go see it. Like, um, I would have gone and seen it no matter what, but I'm happy that it got good reviews so that I feel like I'm going to enjoy it mm-hmm. <laughs> when I go see it. Yeah, yeah, so you guys, uh, everybody, again, thank you guys. So much for coming out. Thank, thank you, you again, some, man. honestly, and I, I will want to talk to you guys again about the secret project. Yes, um, when, off, when you can off. tell people more. Okay, cool, and all that good stuff. So everybody out there, thank you so much for listening to the Ready Fox Show. I will have a new episode coming out real soon. Let's end it off with words of wisdom. We are going to end it off with uh, words of wisdom from Spike Lee, and he's got advice for people out there for new filmmakers as well. So thank you so much for tuning into the Ready Fox Show.
4: To make it, you got to bust your black ass. You gotta be relentless. You gotta persevere. You gotta be focused. You gotta believe in what you do, what you have, and you have to work on your craft, whatever it is. You gotta work on it. I tell my students in when you graduate film school that there's no such thing as overnight success. It doesn't exist. You gotta work. You gotta work. You got to work. As in my experience, the people who are able to hurdle obstacles are the people that are doing it because this is what they want to do. This is what I love. This is my calling. Versus the people who are doing it because I want to make money and be famous. When you reach obstacles, that goal is not going to get you over. It's not going to equal the fire you're gonna have in you if you do it because you had just saying so. I have to do this. I have to express myself. I have to tell my story. I have to write this play. I have to write this movie. I have to write this song. That's that's where you can make it happen. But you gotta work though.